someone sent me a DM today and they said, Pete, what is a piss boy? And I didn't respond. But if I did, I probably would have said something like, I don't know, man, you're just born that way. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is what? This is what? I'm hot. Anita job. Fix your sight. Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Canary's Tony? You can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> we're fucking like 70 seconds late and you guys are are already upset about this pete's like joshua you don't even watch these streams normally you're just watching it because spags is here i mean spags is pulling joshua in for us uh spags is of course here my co-host on splash play spags welcome to ship chasing oh thank you i'm finally glad to get to call up to the main event show the one that started all the one that shipped a thousand other shows that are doing exactly the same thing much more poorly so <laughs> i'm glad to be on with you guys and i said it to me before like i watch you guys every single wednesday when i'm taking care of luca i'll try to try to get into your drafts just to take uh, a little bit of that streamer ev if i can but i love the show and i you know i appreciate all you guys have done kind of making me smarter hopefully for for this whole thing Look at this narcissist here with the thumbnail of himself right over his shoulder. <laughs> That's what I do that for every show. When I did when I did CBS Pete, I put their thumbnail back there. When I did Spike Week, I put their thumbnail. That's just that's showbiz, baby. How was how was the CBS thumbnail? I, I missed it. Did they have a good thumbnail? I don't think it was very good, no. <laughs> the thing. Here's, here's a little thumbnail tip for everyone out there, and I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I have made hundreds of them, <laughs> is you you just want to go more simple. You want to make the photo as big as possible. I think the mistake is you don't realize that people are going to be looking at the thumbnail behind someone's shoulder on a stream. And you can see here we got uh, Spags. I have that one labeled because you labeled it for me. I know it's the Spags nonplussed <laughs> thumbnail photo there. <laughs> I look completely nonplussed. Have you ever seen a more nonplussed guy in a thumbnail? I don't think you can. I legitimately appreciate the tags because I, my thumbnail folder on my computer is just fucking insane. Like I have a guest folder, I have my folder, the co-hosts I do regular shows with, Pat has his own folder, Spags has his own folder, Gretch. And it's just so sifting through all of them. It's like, I don't want to look at these fucking reactions. Just having your labels is actually very helpful to me. Oh, I'm glad. I, I love it, honestly. Like, I love that Pete. I don't know if, Pat, if you've taken the wave quite as much because I feel like Pete's using the same prom photo for you for every thumbnail <laughs> ever. But I think, like, it's fun to do these stupid faces and just, like, completely whore yourself out and the chance that somebody will scroll through and watch your video for 30 seconds and go, all right, that's okay. Like, that's basically what it all comes down to. <laughs> well, I had to ask Pete for a photo because I was going on um, Herzig's pod this week, so I needed actually to get a photo to send over to him. And uh, I, we have a shared Google Drive, and I couldn't find it in the shared Google Drive. So I asked Pete. He's like, oh, I got it on my, my computer. So I was like, oh, can you send one over? So he sends one over, but it's the one of me with long hair, the Rojo one. And I was just like, fine. <laughs> I, I was so pissed off about that. It's like, Herzig, go fucking make your own thumbnails. I spend, do you know how many hours of my life I have spent crawling the internet for photos, removing the background? But it's like, don't fucking ask your guests. This is just as bad as Liam asking their guests for $12.50 for the BBF3 entries. Just fucking well, go find your own photo. It takes two seconds. I was so tempted actually, by that. I actually need to figure out what the deal is with this draft that I did with Herzig because he... I didn't, so he didn't ask me for 1250. So I was like, you know, assuming, <laughs> assuming everything was fine and everything. 
So then on Twitter, he said something like, well, it's going to be so complicated to split the winnings if we win. So I'll just throw a big party for everyone if, if we ship the million. But I'm like, well, what if it's the draft that we drafted that wins the millions? Like, I would rather have the money than a big party for everyone you draft with. So I hope you like pizza I mean, and ice cream, Pat. If I could- <laughs> yeah, pizza and ice cream <laughs> for winning BBM3. I, I mean, he's already won a BBM, so you know, maybe, maybe it's not as, as big a deal. I did hear, I did hear, uh, because I watched the very first first stream they did with Leoti where he announced that pizza and ice cream thing and Leoti was so hesitant to agree to this setup he was like I just want the money I don't want a pizza party Justin (laughs) I know I haven't agreed to it uh I I missed that stream so uh I think I need to I think I need to see if if there's any other splitting options what Pat? What's going on with your setup today people are talking about the background the internet seems worse I hear Murphy what's what's the deal uh, the background and the internet are brutal right now. I can't, I can't find the old background that I had. Streamyard, Streamyard, uh, occasionally will just be like, the backgrounds you were using are now gone, and then I have to, I have to find it. So this, this download is like extremely ancient. I don't know where I put it. Also, this is a good time to uh, shout out the guy on Twitter that said he hates that ship chasing just talks like friends for the first 10 to 15 minutes of an episode before getting to the fantasy talk. So to you, good sir, a beautiful fuck you on this nice evening while we preamble here before talking fantasy. I do have one question for Pat. Did you get that background from Warren Sharp for his fake house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Warren provided me with this one. Uh, Slade wants to know where Gretch is. Gretch is in Hawaii, the uh, the island of Maui, if I uh, if I recall correctly. So yes, Gretch will be back next week. Um, but I believe he's having a good trip. Did you guys see the the photo he posted where a fucking chicken laid an egg on his car? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's got to be good luck in some culture. You got to think. That's what I'm thinking here. Let me look at this. And it's funny because it shows how quickly I process information on the internet where I I noticed the chicken the first time I looked and I just kind of moved on. And then I saw everyone talking about the egg and I was like, oh, apparently this is a three-part story that I missed uh, because there's there and then boom, an egg. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. That is I guess we know which one came first now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, So Spags. Guys, I found the background. Wow, there we are. We're back. What I love about the background is how subtle the NBC Sports Edge is across the TV. That's really yeah. what sells it for you me. You can't even really see it if my, if my hair's in the way. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, I mean, there were concerns. Casey was in the chat saying last week we had huge technical snafus. Like, my draft board just basically fucking disappeared. There were three peats. And then Casey was worried we were bringing on a guy who didn't even know how to size a proper stream yard window for a while. Although, Spags, now that you've been doing the solo streams, it does seem like you figured it out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I learned I was shamed right away, which I do think, Pete, that's one thing with our relationship is Pete shames me into doing things. And I'm like, it's all right. If it's for the best, I'll eventually get on board. And I I've, I think I'm a pro. Like, actually, when I was watching your guys stream last week, it was falling apart. Like, I was in the chat and I was like, I'll produce it, Pete, if you need me to give me just give me the login, give me a little access to that 4K you got sitting around on Underdog. And I'll, I'll happily jump on and produce for you. It's down to like 36K, man. We're, we are bleeding here. Going to bleed another $25 uh, tonight. Spag, how how many BBM3 entries are you up to now? 
I think I'm still at 90. Um, I can double check that. But yeah, like I've been slowing it down. I did some super flex drafts, but I knew I'm not gonna be able to fill that one. So I just don't see that as being a plus EV move to throw in, you know, 20 entries into that. Um, still like a fun draft, but you know, it's not, it's not for me. But I'm going to start spamming BBM more just because I don't think I'll be able to do like 60 in August. Like I know is the optimal strategy for that barbell approach. Like I need to do some in July or I'm just gonna be behind the eight ball. There also is this element too, and I, I don't want to scare the barbell bros, but um, you know, if there's a wave of interest and best ball has been growing in popularity so quickly, like there's a chance like a new wave of users come in and that thing fills quicker than you would otherwise imagine. I personally wouldn't want to get caught with my pants down in that regard if you are set on maxing it. So um, I don't know. It, it is something to consider. You're playing a little bit of a guessing game with how much time you'll have before it fills. That is yeah, interesting because I'm one of those bros. I have, I think I have 42 best ball manias in and I'm planning on slowing down over the, like, we're, I'm going away over the weekend. Probably won't do any then. Uh, if I do, I feel guilty. So, you know, maybe get in like a couple next week and then just like probably, probably stop. Maybe I'll stop around like 55 before training camp opens. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So that's so interesting. Cause I, I thought the barbell was, you did half of them early that's Why the traditional barbell you're going I, with a modified barbell i'm going modified barbell i'm going with a little heavier on this side you know this we got a little more power on this side, a little lighter here because the way i'm thinking through it and it sounds like uh spags is also doing a modified barbell so we've got you know he's got the the heavier yeah, side you got like a weaker left shoulder you got to balance it <laughs> yeah, out a little. yeah yeah so together we got to like somehow combine our barbells uh but i i was thinking that uh like i didn't get as many really early as i wanted and so I'm like, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of pushing some to to the true late period and, and just hope there's a bunch of bunch of sicko, uh, non-sickos, bunch of bunch of noobs. I'm, I'm telling you, right, if you judge it by uh, purely badges and experience, which isn't the end all be all for experience. I'm sure there's people on this show who don't even have a badge, but. The, uh, I will say if you time your drafts, like the late night drafts, I've been doing basically one BBM three draft at night, like around 11, 1130 Eastern. I shouldn't have revealed that fucking stay out of my drafts. Uh, no, no, what I recognize is ever in those drafts. Whereas when I do the afternoon drafts, if I'm doing the cardio club or whatever, then I normally recognize some people, some more badges out in obviously the morning drafts too. So I do think timing, it really helps. I've seen some weird moves from badges though. So I don't even necessarily... <laughs> True. Like, because one of the things that I think is going on right now, at least I've noticed in the last, I would say more like a week ago, but I, this is probably still happening. There seems to be like a lot of like, I know better bros drafting right now. Oh, so yeah. like, you know, like, and a lot of like get, get unique bros. And I'm loving being in rooms with get unique bros because you get unique too, but you just scoop value. You get to be a value hound and you're getting unique. So I, I've been kind of a fan of people doing some weird combos and all that stuff. Cause it's like kind of helping me out by default. That is true. It is. That is an interesting dynamic. And we were kind of talking about this. Uh, I can't even remember. Maybe it was lulls. Maybe it was Swolecast, but about this idea of where we, we found certain edges, but maybe we push the edges too far to where there's diminishing returns, you know, with the correlation stuff. And I think that's an interesting thing of like, how far do you push it? And I've noticed in my drafts lately, like getting the correlations I really want has been harder. And so I've decided to kind of sacrifice some of the extreme correlations for just value and getting the structures I want. 
And I don't know. I'm curious to see if that pendulum swings back in August, you know, when more casuals aren't prioritizing correlation. But I don't know. I, it feels like we just have this groundswell of people who are going to continue drafting and there's always going to be some of the correlation, you know, I know better bros in there. Do you, do you really think that many people are pushing correlation amongst casuals? Because I feel like the casual to me, like they're pushing a lot of stuff that I, you know, some of the builds that Pat was talking about that just don't, don't make a ton of sense. And I think it's something that I learned early in DFS is like, you know, you double stack because in like a weekly tournament, because people aren't going to double stack enough. And that's going to be you know more likely to bubble up your lineup and you have to make people prove it. And I feel like to me with best ball, I don't think there's enough people that are actually going to step up and prove it. Um, Just like, you know, in these rooms, like that you guys can do tonight, everybody's really sharp. So they'll try to correlate, they'll double stack, they'll do all that stuff but in terms of regulars like you know especially if you're drafting on DraftKings and wherever else out there like i just don't buy that people are actually doing it enough no and i actually think like the, the moves i'm talking about the badges kind of doing the the get unique and the i know better stuff i think they are building like correlated teams and you know like structures that generally make sense i've seen some stuff that doesn't make sense but those are from from different drafters i think but in some ways i feel like then it's easier to correlate yourself. Like if everyone's kind of, or a certain amount of people are on the correlation train, then it becomes, I think maybe a little easier to correlate yourself because they're kind of staying out of your way. Like they're trying to do their thing. You're trying to do your thing. When I'm over on DraftKings, I've been drafting a lot on DraftKings as well. Like you're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, what? <laughs> it, like why did you take, like you do this guys like taking, you know, uh, Joe Burrow, like way ahead of ADP, doesn't have any, doesn't have a bangle. You're just like, ah, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you think you have something set up and they come in and do something wacky. And those I think are kind of just people who aren't that great at best ball, I, I, is my opinion. So uh, DK is much softer than, than underdog in general. So uh, I wonder if in the late summer, like early September period, I wonder if we're going to get sniped. You're going to have like some of those teams that are like almost that perfect team you've been trying to build all summer, got the perfectly correlated thing, and then someone swoops in and steals Russell Wilson or whatever. Yeah, and I just, yeah, it, it is like once you kind of come to peace with like if I don't get the perfect stack that I want, you know, the in a perfect world I get the it's so it is so freeing, and you do realize in almost every scenario there is some kind of out, there is some kind of way to piece together a logical team after that, and I just personally find that freeing of like if it falls to me, it falls. Like I did a, a the draft I posted today, I didn't get a Chargers wide receiver early. Keenan Allen or um, Justin Herbert fell to me uh, in the mid fifth and he's normally never there. I had Cooper cup, so I didn't mind that correlation. And I was so tempted. Josh Palmer went like 30 picks ahead of ADP. So I'm like, what kind of backdoor stack options do I have here? So I'm like really resting on Gerald Everett. And I thought about reaching for him like 15 picks ahead of ADP. And I was like, no, fuck it. I refuse to do it. He does fall to me. And I ended up just doing a skinny stack with Herbert. And those are like kind of the things where I'm just like, I'm just not going to force it. I'm not going to take Jalen Guyton as my wide receiver. Yeah, I was going to say. Zero RB build. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not going to force it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm with you there. One thing I've been doing is like, if you, if you like take, I don't know. Let's say you get, um, you know, you get Andrews early, but then you come around and it makes sense to grab like Marquise Brown um, or whatever else. Let's say Marquise Brown. So now you set yourself up for Kyler. So if you don't get Lamar, so you can push it with more with Lamar and then you can get uh, you, you kind of build in like I'll build in like backup potential stacks and then push it a little bit more at the quarterback. And then I always can go kind of to the next quarterback on the list if that doesn't end up working out. 
And Spags, I remember saying this to you on one of our splash play streams where one thing I think a lot about if I do miss out on those elite quarterbacks is like, I'll, you know, make sure I get a Garrett Wilson or a Jamison Williams or a Kenny Galladay, just knowing that those backdoor stack options are there for you, just kind of giving yourself extra outs at quarterback and, and then you don't have to panic as much. Yeah, Kadarius Tony, I feel like, is one that's a bailout for me. I know Aaron Rodgers, I was talking, again, uh, if there's a drinking game out there for this as well, Dricko, my, my pal, I've talked about with Aaron Rodgers being kind of the bailout QB you can get to because you can stack, then take Watson at a, a decent ADP. You could take, you know, Watkins at something in between. You could take uh, your shots on dubs or Amari Rodgers late at you know, the 18th round, basically. So, like, I like the bailout QB process. The thing that tilts me the most, though, is, like, when I've set up the stack perfectly where it's, like, got Devo after ADP, got Kittle after ADP, and then somebody yeah. takes Trey Lance for no reason. Like they don't have yeah. Ayuk, they don't have any reason to do it. They're doing it just because it's like, oh, I like this guy. And that to me is like <laughs> my least part of these. Just some of out of my like. Yeah, that, that's always tough. That's what him. that's what happened to the my Josh Palmer guy today, where I was like, I put Josh Palmer in the queue, like literally 50 picks ahead of ADP because I was like, I need I need to get some chargers here. And he goes like five, and I go to look at this guy's team. I'm like, I, I this had to have just been because of a Josh Norris like tweet and video pumping yeah, up Josh yeah. Palmer. I'm like, there's no other logical reason to do this. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know. I heard Josh was talking to Palmer on the ETR podcast, and uh, that's that's a, one of the guys we talked about as a potential riser. So it's it's starting already. We're not going to keep Palmer very soon. Well, yeah. You, I listened to that podcast too. What did you think of Silva's take about Palmer not being that fast and how badly that team needs some speed in their wide receiver? Do you buy into that kind of thing and that Palmer might lose a decent amount of snaps to Guyton? I could see it. I mean, it, that's why Guyton's had the career he's had. Like, literally, he's just a, a field stretcher. He doesn't really draw any targets. So I could see that. Josh Palmer, though, was a deep threat in college. I don't remember what he ran, uh, but he that was, like, what he specialized in uh, his whole college career, basically. Spags, what do you do in your, uh, your, your charger stacks? I actually don't have a ton of Herbert. So I'm always like kind of feeling it out. And I kind of just have been stubborn on not reaching for Keenan and Mike Williams with my Cooper cup teams, just cause I know so many people are doing it, but how have you been approaching that? So I, it's weird. Like I ended up getting a lot of the charger stack, like before all the ADPs came up when I was really spamming early best ball mania drafts. So I got a good amount of Allen and then Herbert and also Cooper cup and Mike Williams, just because the way that those ADPs were before they kind of got a little more rational with just the chargers offense being that good. So I kind of got my exposure early on. I really am trying not to draft QBs too much in the first five rounds. Cause I do think there's a tweet from one of the fantasy footballer guys today talking about the win rates of QBs and, and like all these top QBs over the last five years have been disappointments according to you know like them being drafted high adp and you could probably get similar production in the sixth round or you know up to the 13th round i guess is where i'm usually trying to draft so like I, I think i got my discounts already that i'm not trying to push it now now that these guys are up so much maybe in the super flex drafts you get a little more of a taste there but i, I kind of feel like if i got the premium stack like i i don't need to try to chase it a little bit more i feel like and i got it a high enough rate where was the yeah. the anti-elite quarterback stuff um, it was a, uh, it was one of the, it was that guy, the, the doctor guy of fantasy footballers. He, he tweeted it uh, earlier today. I don't, I only know okay. him because he follows me as Pete knows. If you follow me, then you automatically soar through my rankings of analysts, <laughs> verified <laughs> handle and follows me. I'm right there. Uh, but it's, it's Matthew, <laughs> whatever his name is over at fantasy. Yeah. Football. If, if you uh, have produced one piece of content in fantasy and you follow spags, you're in the running to be Luca's godfather is basically <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> 
It's a QB1 and ADP according to best ball tens of their win rate. And it's from Matthew Betts at the Fantasy PT. Uh, 2021, Patrick Mahomes had a 9% win rate, which was 10th. 2020, Lamar Jackson had a 4.1%, 38th. Um, Pat Mahomes, 4.2%, 33rd. Uh, so, like, anyway, he just goes through it all. And I thought it was an interesting case. Interesting. And it's one that I've been thinking was right based on just playing around a lot on the Rotoviz Explorer for roster construction. So, anything that kind of informs the thing I'm already thinking, I'm like, yes, you must, you must have nailed this because I think it. It's it's also interesting to think a hell of a drug. I mean, the other <laughs> thing about some of that data too, right, is the quarterback landscape has so massively changed over the past couple years. And obviously now the, the elite quarterback windows got pushed up more. We see people reaching for their stacks early, you know, the Kelsey drafter, the Diggs drafter, they're like, they're getting Mahomes, they're getting getting Allen there. And then the other dynamic is like what used to be our edge as late round quarterback guys identifying these guys with rushing potential has slowly evaporated. And last year we saw Jalen Hurts got way pushed up because that was the guy we collectively ID'd as maybe slightly mispriced relative to his upside. This year now it's Trey Lance. And we all agree he's still probably like a round and a half or two rounds mispriced. Yeah, he's still a little underpriced. But that, those are like some of the like remaining edges. Like think about last year with some of the rookie QBs we pushed up. I mean, who from after Trey Lance goes, like who's getting pushed up based on perceived ceiling? Like everyone seems pretty efficiently valued after that. Derek Carr should go up a little, I feel like, just based on that division, based on the talent around him. Like, I think if, if there are good, like, training camp reports, I think, from the Raiders, like, to me, they're the best AFC West dark horse bet. Like, if you're going to take one futures bet, maybe that's my hot take that I'll be right about and they can do the, the victory parade like a peacock afterwards for my ship chasing calls. Um, but I think Derek Carr is, like, so sneaky, and he'll go sometimes, like, in the 120s, and it just feels like it's unfair. You know how people do the, um, like, you can't draft all of these receivers and not draft the quarterback? stuff yeah and generally i don't uh really buy into that but i i think i'm i have a similar take where it's like we can't be high on the raiders and high on the patriots like either josh mcdaniels matters or he doesn't because the patriots are replacing him with joe judge and uh matt patricia so like no they're not they're not replacing josh mcdaniels so i think either the raiders are going to be awesome or the Raiders are going to be kind of whatever, and the Patriots will be fine, or the Raiders will be awesome, and the Patriots will be a fucking disaster. And I will, just to clarify what I was saying, is like the chat's tossing out quarterback names that I like. I see Daniel Jones. I see Goff. I see Mac Jones. Like, I like all these guys, but I'm just saying I don't think they're being pushed up to an extreme, like, hopium level. Like, I feel like they're efficiently priced, whereas last year, like, Jalen Hurts, we ID'd him as the guy with massive upside. And he got really massively steamed up relative to what he had previously done. I just think the quarterback market has gotten so efficient. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the there's some upside being sucked out a little bit of, of Kirk Cousins to me. Uh, like I, I'm not really drafting any Kirk Cousins, and I and I wish I could. So that feels to me like maybe he's a bit overpriced. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, aren't people, people are getting excited about this Vikings offense. Uh, Chris G, sorry, I didn't respond to your DM yet, but Chris was starting to get excited about a uh, little Dalvin Cook action. I know people are excited about maybe this offense being a, a bit different this year. Are you, are you guys buying into that at all? 
I mean, I would think it's a fair take. Yeah. Coming with an offensive coach with the Rams pedigree. Like that's why you hire these guys for the most part. Um, I guess LaFleur would be the one exception though. He ended up being a little more offensively minded than he looked like when he first got hired. But I think, yeah, to be in the spot, like you hire the offensive geniuses because you want the offense to be better. And you know, they were wallowing with the Mike Zimmer teams for so long that you, I think that's always the NFL team ways you go the opposite direction and hope that that guy really drives the other side of the ball. And I like, you know, Justin Jefferson's talking. He's saying all the things that like I love to hear as somebody who reaches for him probably a little too much and and probably just takes him every time that I possibly can because he's talking about wanting to be a Hall of Famer. Like he was already a monster last year with this offense that we have some question marks about. So I think if he's good, like I probably don't take enough Dalvin, I'm sure by a wide margin. But Jefferson, I feel like could be like Cooper Cup this year and or maybe even break some records. Like it wouldn't be crazy. I've taken a lot of Jefferson. Um, the one thing I don't like about the Vikings uh, I guess I'm frozen. Here. The one thing I don't love about the Vikings is the, the Irv Smith price. Um, Cause like the argument for Irv Smith is that like, he might, like he could be anything, even Tyler Higby, but he goes three rounds ahead of Tyler Higby. <laughs> like what, why aren't we just drafting Tyler Higby? He's in the better offense. And like, no, I don't think anyone at this point is like that high on Irv Smith's talent. His base, like basically he came in really young, which is why we were excited about him, but he hasn't, really done anything yet and now we're excited because like the offense should take a step forward and he's like a clear every down tight end which i agree with but like they might take a step forward they're still be worse than the rams and tyler higby's also a clear every down tight end so i i don't understand why higby's priced where he is um and as a result i don't understand where irv smith is is so far ahead of him i think for both everett and higby who are going in the same range it was like this thing where you know People, it, I feel like any player who's drafted at a certain price point and then doesn't deliver on that ADP, just a player who's burned drafters, like just naturally because of recency bias, isn't going to get drafted relative to probably their true projection. I feel like this is one of the last remaining edges is like guys who burned people the year before, mm -hmm. which is why Julio is free. It's why Will Fuller is free. Well, Will Fuller you know, uh, has disappeared from the face of the earth. So that might factor in. Have you guys heard the, the Herzog intel on Will Fuller? Yeah. yeah. He, did you hear his pick? He was talking to, so Justin Herzog ran into Deshaun Kaiser and at an uh, NFT party, the Knights of DJ party. party. Yeah. Oh, Knights of DJ party. I couldn't remember which one. So, I was <laughs> um, and he asked him about Will Fuller and, uh, he, Kaiser was like, yeah, he has been like, they've wanted him to go to green Bay for like the last two seasons and he won't go. Cause he hates playing in the cold. He just <laughs> hates living in the cold. So he just like, won't go to green Bay, including I guess this year. So, you know, you got to draft Julio with your, with your uh, free agent green Bay stuff. Do you know what? I so... respect that. Like why play with one of the best quarterbacks in history? If it's cold, <laughs> like I don't want to be cold. <laughs> yeah. I can't play him either. And it also makes sense, right? Like he went from Houston to Miami and this is why this is how sick my brain is. When I was doing that draft today with the Herbert one, where I didn't take Guyton and I see Fuller there. And so I have these two things I hear. I have Silva in my head telling me that the chargers desperately need speed. And that's why they might use Guyton. And then I have in my head Deshaun Kaiser saying that Will Fuller doesn't want to play in the cold. I'm like, <laughs> fucking Fuller to LAC one time. Let's nail this stack before it happens. Yeah, I looked up Palmer's 40 at a 4.52. So Silva's very right about the speed thing. I wonder the the fun thing um, with uh, with the charges, what if Darius Slayton goes there? Darius Slayton gets cut or traded because they keep talking about that. <laughs> Each eyes Darius Slayton's legit fast. 
Well, the, the Spags is raising his eyebrows because so Spags and I have been doing Splash Play now for a couple of years. And our first year on Splash Play, we do this ride or die segment where we kind of, you know, it, basically the ETR equivalent of a flag plant for these games. And I just basically martingaled the shit out of Darius Slayton for an entire season where I was like, what are these weeks? He's going to get two touchdowns. Uh, so Spags, how many times did I select Darius Slayton as my ride or die? It had to be over 10, like I think probably over 13 or 14. I don't think he came through one time. <laughs> I don't think he did either. Um, and to the point where I was drafting him, you know, because you could get him for free in BBM3. And then Greg Warsh uh, in the Ship Chasing Discord was like, by the way, here's this blurb about Darius Slayton maybe not even making the team. And Richie James is now the guy you want as the deep flyer. So I was like, thank you, Greg. <laughs> uh, uh, I got another I got another. uh free agent prediction okay um or not free agent i guess this would be a trade but all right deshaun watson they're talking about indefinite suspension the nfl that's their position watson apparently is trying to his negotiating position is zero which i feel like you know i, I get what you're trying to do there but i don't think that's the move so uh you know could see an entire season suspension for deshaun watson pretty easily that kind of changes things for the browns in some important ways then we could see another suspension come down six games for Alvin Kamara. What about Kareem Hunt to the Saints? That'd be pretty fun. Ooh. Then we get to Ernest Johnson unlocked. So instead of taking late round Mark Ingram, what if you what if you really galaxy brain this? Don't take Mark Ingram. Take Ernest Johnson because Kareem Hunt's moving out of town. <laughs> and this is like I know, this is a mega galaxy, no. brain, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> I love, we talked about it on Swolecast today too, because I was saying how Hunt and Dearness Johnson are two of my favorite picks right now because you have that out. I mean, all the reports make it seem like one of those guys is going to get traded. And it's like either of those guys gets removed, the other one becomes a really good value on the Browns. And the one who gets traded probably binks a pretty sick situation like Hunt to the Saints. Right. Yeah, Hunt to the Saints so good just seems too. perfect, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, Spags, have you been draft like how have you been handling the Camara stuff? Because I've seen some draft boards. I know in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, the best ball channel, I think someone got him at like pick 42 earlier today. I mean, he's really sliding in drafts. Do you think he's gonna fall further with the suspension news or that that actually represents a buying opportunity? Well, I think you you've said before, Pete, on some of the shows, whether it's the ones that we've done or in general, like with you know thinking that the Kamara ADP is already accounting for the fact he might miss a few games. But I don't think even the conservative estimate would have been like three games. I didn't think six was necessarily on the table. So to me, him going a little bit lower makes sense. I, I think you know I'm loath to take any running back in an adverse situation. Kamara's gotten more than enough touches over the last few years, and I think you know there, that offense we've seen get weird in the past. With you know if there's a running QB in there, like when Taysom Hill was in there, Kamara was basically rendered useless. Jameis isn't going to run, but I still think there's enough chance for things to just break strangely in that backfield that like, I'm always comfortable taking a Mark Ingram. I'm always comfortable taking this, this uh, 4d chest that Pat's talking about with one of the Cleveland backs. <laughs> Cause like, I think always you're going to do better leveraging against somebody else taking a high pick of Kamara. And now there's been what a month and a half, two months of people taking Kamara in the top 30, sometimes reaching for him that I'm willing to take like the leverage play against him and just hope that he doesn't play at all somehow, or that something really goes weird there. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry I mean, to step on your point about uh, how good those guys are, but I, I think Dearness and Hunt are both awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, it, that's why Mark Ingram is such a tough click for me, right? Because, I trust me, I'm I'm on board with the contingent upside, but it's like, I, all, I don't know. I just view things through the lens of, can this guy deliver me spike weeks? Even, like, we can even extend the window beyond week 17. Let's say, like, weeks 14 through 17. It's just like, I have such a hard time imagining Mark Ingram being a late season hammer 
for the Saints, but maybe I'm being narrow-minded on it. I mean, he was last year, wasn't he? He like, kind of was last year. Yeah. I don't remember seeing him on any winning rosters. He's got 25 touches a game, but they were like, oh, I'm good. I don't need that three yards per carry. <laughs> um, yes, the chat, we're not going to talk about this until this happens. We're not going to talk about it until it happens. Um, all right, we're going to hop into BBM three draft in a sec. Before we do, Spags, tell us. So you and I have drafted a bunch of teams on Splash Play. You guys, if you don't watch that, that's over on my channel. We do that show Mondays and Thursdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. We've been um, going full ship chasing that. All we do is draft now, and it's uh, it's great. But Spags is now branched out. He started to do some solo streams on Friday afternoons on the Splash Play channel, which I linked to down below. Spags would be forever grateful. I would be forever grateful. We could get that to a thousand subs, but Spags, what I was going to ask you is what have you learned going from just a guy who drafts on stream with me to being an idiot solo streamer? And I say that <laughs> lumping myself into it where people are hunting the EV. What, what has it been like uh, making that transformation? I'm never going to do the woe is me thing. Cause like, it's great that we get to do it. It's great that we have to have a few beers and like, you know, like this is like our careers and we're doing, and we're all doing, you know, varying degrees of well, <laughs> I guess I'll put myself at the low end of that. But like, I feel like that's a, a great thing that said, it's really hard to draft and do a show. It's really hard to draft and build a good team and do a show. And I feel like Pete, that's the one thing I've never fully appreciated about you. Like we've been doing the show for years as Pete's talked about and like, you know, mostly doing a lot of DFS stuff. And I've always watched Pete on best ball shows, producing and doing the draft and carrying conversations and all of that. And even when it's just me managing the chat now on the Friday shows, I'm like, wow, these teams are appreciably worse than I would do if I'm just working out. Even if I'm feeding the baby with like an auto pick coming in, like they're all worse time and time again. And it's a combination of people like scooping picks that I talk about or scooping something that like they know I'm trying to do or just being smart. And I'm not getting the random idiots. I'll get it a 1 PM draft or whatever, or, you know, a drunk draft at night. Um, so that's the kind of thing that like I haven't been ready to is like I have to sacrifice like it's literally a write off to do a stream. I feel like if you're doing an actual entry on a show. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I wrestle with that for sure. Uh, as far as, you know, you do end up with some weird rooms. You build some interesting uh, teams. But yeah, I mean, in a per I've told you this is why I did my private stream the other night, because it was like I wanted to do one show where I could talk through some spots without having to juggle so many things because it is uh no one feels sorry for us um having to juggle multiple <laughs> things but it is hard to draft uh and uh and check in on the chat for sure and that's why you see too like a lot of the same names and it's guys that like are pretty sharp and know what to do and i think also know how to work amongst the confines of like oh here's what they're saying on the show like i'm gonna go this way then so i won't even interfere with them but i'll get a nice little lane for myself to make some picks and um you know it's kudos to the, to the grinders who are always in every stream draft but i, I, I personally this? don't appreciate it what do you got going on here, Pete? Oh, the uh, yeah, this is the brick, uh, the brick sports hut, and the uh, the draft caddy overlay here. Do you need uh, any other beta testers for this? Yeah, it, we do. We oh, do. Yeah. All right. Oh, so see, that's funny because Pat, I would say you're an influential guy, like in terms of this show, in terms of the NBC thing. Brick reached out to me and offered me a hookup. He did not. Oh, <laughs> so I, I would wow. take great offense to that. That Brick didn't give you the. No, no. I will say, uh, Brick actually asked me today. He was like, "Do you know anyone else um, who has an influence? Who you know the underdog algorithm is weighted to give them a disproportionate amount of one on ones?" And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> my buddy Pat Courage." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let the underdog uh, algorithm them know about that please because i'm getting every time i log in i'm just like just anything 105 or better please and it's like how about the 109 <laughs> like, i like God, I, I legitimately half as a bit uh half 
not as a bit just deleted a post that Doobner posted in the ship chasing discord with my with my 101 and 12 rates i was just like we just need to get this off the screen what what are the numbers at now i don't know Doobner can figure it out the sad thing is is Doobner only has some of my data from like the public streams he hasn't even i've been <laughs> even posting my underdog cardio club drafts the past three have all been top five picks i was like here we go underdog one nine thank you thank you <laughs> No, you only get the bad picks when I'm. I think my my mojo is more powerful with my bad picks because anytime I'm one with you, it's still uh, it's still like a one of one ten, one eleven. That's right. Hey, we got the um, one hundred five in our uh, upcoming main event though. We did, yeah. I mentioned that in the ship chasing Discord, but uh, Gretch, Pat, and I are signed up for our first slow main event draft on FFPC of the year. That's going to kick off July fourth. It's crazy that that's just in a few days, and we got the one hundred five. Which I feel like on FFPC, the kind of probably elite tier extends to six with Kelsey, but I feel really good about that spot. Spags, welcome to the ship chasing draft. This is your board. You get to make the decision. What do you do? Oh, Derek Henry looking pretty good. I, I would take, I would take either CeeDee Lamb or Travis Kelsey personally, but, you know, you guys are the experts. What do you think, uh, Pat? I like Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, I just need to go back and actually look at what the fuck just happened here. <laughs> that was so we go. I guess it's not that crazy. It's just Adams. It's Adams just Adams. Adams is the only pick. All right. It looked, it looked more startling than I, than I thought. <laughs> Anytime Derrick Henry's staring you in the face, it's just like, what have I done to deserve this? Because I, I don't think I have a single share of Derrick Henry, and I can't imagine I will the entire time, just out of spite. Um, shout out to uh, the multiverse where all of these alternate reality ship chasing drafts are. Um, none of the benefits of getting glory on stream and all of the negatives of battling like-minded drafters. Sounds like a great time, guys. <laughs> wow, Mike Evans and Devo Samuel at the turn there. This, this is, is a, a this is a full again. blown avalanche, boys. Yeah, buckle <laughs> up, buckle it's like, up, folks. It's it's coming in hard tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a CD Lamb. That, it was like... CD Lamb. CD Lamb at fifteen would have been a godsend. No. All right, so we have Fuck to it. take T Higgins, right? Yeah. Do you want to take T? I mean, at this point, we should probably take Najee. No, no? fuck Are off, we dead? Pat. Pat. Are we getting Nick. married? Pat, if we had taken a wide receiver with our first pick, I would maybe indulge that for longer than I would indulge this, but no. Pat, we will get absolutely buried if we take Najee there. Gabe Davis, wide receiver one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, AJ Brown goes next. It's uh, (sighs) a you 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 guided us in the right direction, Pete. No, I can't believe Pat. Someone clipped Pat floating Najee there. I mean, God. (laughs) <laughs> noted Najee truth <laughs> I was even hesitant to take Kelsey just knowing the avalanche I was too going. a little bit but what were we I guess lamb we should have lamb, taken lamb but that's we... so early for lamb yeah yeah I know I like hate lamb too so I wasn't gonna force that one too hard Kelsey Higgins or uh lamb Andrews that's that's the 2v2 yeah, although I would say no, because you're probably looking at Lamb, AJ Brown, right? I would maybe just punt because I just the tight end values yeah. are still. You have a couple other outs there. Okay. Like in this draft, I don't know. I guess the question is: in this draft, could you get Kittle or Waller at pick forty? You can get Kittle there for sure. Yeah. In a normal <laughs> yeah. draft. 
Not with these. I don't think boys. Kittle's going before. Kittle's been falling to the late fourth, early fifth. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Ashval <laughs> says, "Pat, the Avalanche is literally here right now." I know. Some, sometimes I get a little cocky with the Avalanche. I'm like, I've skied through so many of these, I could take Najee. I had. To, I feel like. See, that's why I was excited to have Spags on because Spags has been fully radicalized as his year. I sometimes have to push Spags into taking running backs, but. I've noticed in the ship chasing rooms, I think I, I told Gretch one time, I was like, we can't take Jonathan Taylor. We have to take Cooper Cup. And then I just had to, you know, Vaudevillian slap you out of Najee Harris yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> See, why, why take Najee Harris now when you could take Benny Snell in the 18th for free? Yeah. And this is... <laughs> Like the 101 hole is just set up for such max pain, and they just they have no idea what's coming. Oh, around. they're they're getting brutalized. You That's, don't want I mean, you are buried. You're buried. Yeah. You're I'm buried. So, I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> start writing the obituary. It's supposed to be exciting <laughs> to get the 101, but you just wrote your death sentence. <laughs> God, yeah. poor guy. Jahan Dotson is gonna be looking real attractive in the sixth <laughs> round for you. <laughs> what are we looking at here i feel like uh, a lot more green this round than i they thought we might get i think we're gonna get like a normal late third round receiver here yeah holy cow one of waddle or dj Moore? have we corrected i think i think we gotta still we keep skiing this middle part is where you can get tripped up no and the, yeah no that we definitely are skiing we are slaloming is that a word yeah jalen waddle <laughs> jalen waddle here jalen Waddle. spags any other Oh, you can take Alvin Kamara starts to buy that dip. <laughs> <laughs> no way. We're taking Kareem Hunt now, right? He's the new starting running back for the Saints. Um, let's see here. Yeah, what what happened to our our Avalanche? It did really kind of correct after the first round. Or first uh, AJ Brown here went what like eight picks ahead of where he normally goes. Yeah, yeah, and Mike Evans went in the second round. Keenan Allen went in the second. Marquise Brown going early third. I mean, it's still a pretty weird draft, but somehow we got left. Well, it, it just goes to show you. So the draft I did this morning from, or this afternoon from the four hole, I started Cup Samuel T. Higgins. <laughs> and all right. those guys were gone by pick 16 in this draft. I had a Jonathan Taylor T. Higgins Brown start uh, the other day that was pretty fun. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, yeah, so this will be this will be an interesting spot here coming back. I'm surprised that Pitts went that early, but tight ends will still be available coming back to us. Because, like, Pitts, I feel like if he falls, then usually Waller and Kittle fall. But Pitts going early and those guys not going yet surprises me. Yeah, that's interesting. That's why I was torn about the Kelsey pick. Because in this room, I actually liked it, Pat, because I thought Waller and Kittle could go earlier than usual. Yeah, yeah. If Waller is available to us here, I'll be like, ah, bummer. That would have been nice. Yeah, the Wallers, this, it's not like a crazy good deal on Waller. <clears throat> it's just yeah. kind of where he normally goes. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, I mean, one move, I, I guess we'll ahead. wait. Well, what's uh the guy drafting at four three? Is he a ship chaser? Doesn't look like it. Doesn't it. look like it. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Mahomes uh get the stack built in and like it's not quite as avalanche as we were worried it might be. What yeah, the only other I mean, do you I 
I've been like in my head feeling like there's, oh, I was going to say Deontay Johnson, that there's a little tear break there. I'm I'm down for Mahomes. What do you think, uh, Spags? What would you do here otherwise? I'd say Mahomes or Judy for the Kelsey bring back. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, there's a chance. I mean, looking, so we would still be live for Burrow, and then this would also open us up for Russ, too. I kind of like pushing it. What do you think, Pat? I'm okay pushing it. All right, let's get another wide receiver here and just give us some outs. Wait, I'm okay. I was like, what? Um, there's obviously no chance Mahomes falls to us there. Um, like if we were in the middle, maybe that is a little more viable, but I kind of, I kind of like the idea of keep hammering there. Yeah. And I like, uh, I think we'll set up pretty well for, I guess what Russ, where does Russ tend to go? Late seventh might be a bit optimistic for him, right? Yeah, so he's been going pick 77, so that does put us in a little interesting zone. I mean, we see here a Josh Allen team. I think we'll be able to kind of look at these teams and see if they would take Russ here and if we'd be able to get him. Or no, sorry, yeah. it would be coming back the other way. Um, hmm. Who's got Sutton? Uh, Sutton went pretty early, right? Yeah. He went mid-third or something? Yeah, Sutton went to team six right. here. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Judy might go ahead of Sutton and it's gone very much the other way. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, Tim Patrick could kind of take some of what Sutton does, right? Like, or I mean, Hamler could too. Like there's a lot of guys who could take that deep ball, Russ forcing it to him just because, you know, he wants to and can now. Like I worry, I like Sutton a lot, but I worry about him going this high because he's getting steamed up a lot. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you think about generally like the oh my god, team. Oh uh, baby, uh, <laughs> oh buddy. It's gener- just not. It doesn't matter what room you're in now. <laughs> it's just um, you got the Mahomes correlation though with Javante Williams. So it's the week seventeen alive and well. Oh, I'm I'm sure that was exactly their thought process with the Mahomes. Was the Mahomes Javante Williams that super strong week seventeen correlation? <laughs> No, but it is interesting on the Sutton and Judy stuff because you think about how the market processes like ambiguity in certain situations. Um, and the fact, and I, I get that one of Judy or Sutton will be whatever the nominal, you know, wide receiver one in Denver, but man, you are paying an expensive premium on that for, for both of those guys. Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. Judy's still very expensive for, for that level of uncertainty. Because like where were Cooper and Woods going? And like we also we knew those guys were like locked into full time roles. Um, <clears throat> weren't they going a little bit later than both uh, Sutton and Judy? Um, were they like yes. four or five turn? I I want to say I, I the problem is is like the FFPC ADP is more seared into my head from main event right, draft right. season. I actually don't really remember how that was set up there. Um. This this draft kind of leveled out though, um, it's a, positionally here. So what do you what do you like here, Spags? Uh, not Zeke, I would say. Um, you could talk me in Acres or Montgomery. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind taking one of the wide receivers that aren't Amari um, Cooper, I guess. So Mooney or, or Juju would be okay. That, I, I think I'm the same. What would I think be we fast? could go Zeke just as like he's 20 picks after ADP. It's basically a, a modified zero. 
Okay. He'd had to walk away entirely. He couldn't have his hands on the driving. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Spags. I'm so sorry. But like, no, I mean, it's fair. It was Pete's fault. Pete had the choice to make a, a something that wasn't Zeke. When Tony Pollard is you know, going to be there at some point, I don't know. I feel like with these drafts, if you get if you get like a oh, God damn it, I hate drafting Zeke, but you know, I yeah. know, guys. This is a funny thing. You get you on ship chasing. I can sometimes be the RB guy. Then meanwhile, like fucking Twitter's having a meltdown. Like. <laughs> I know Twitter would literally just have the fucking hardest react uh, erection ever if they just got Zeke at pick 57. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter's like, can't believe where Zeke is going normally to so, get him 20 picks after 80 picks. This was the question I asked by him for today on Swolecast. And to me, this is what's interesting about Zeke. And I think you can make good cases in either direction. Do you think, not where we got him, but his current ADP? Do you think Zeke gets more expensive, cheaper, or stays the same, you know, six weeks from now? More expensive. I would think cheaper because Pollard's going to keep coming up. I think they're going to get – it's going to be like a Singletary Cook, but a little bit more extreme version. See, that's where I I played the devil's advocate on the spag side that, like, if we get these really positive Pollard blurbs, like he's working in way more, this community is already clearly want – wanted to prioritize and, and devalue Zeke. I don't know. I could see it going either what way. community, honestly. though? Because the there's two communities here. There's two <laughs> communities, and one of them loves Zeke. We're on the clock. Uh, let, hang on. Let me go back here. Um, I, I would probably do Elijah Moore here. Yeah, I'm good with that. Or we could take Burrow. This is probably yeah. our chance to get Burrow. Oh, you're right. We could do Burrow. I, I still... Hmm. Did did Hertz go? Hertz is gone. I would, I would maybe say Burrow. But I'm okay more. What, what do you think, Spags? Break this tie. I like Burrow here. Okay. I think let's get it. I mean, the issue is like, you know, I guess a Buffalo running back will probably be our bring back for the week 17 correlation, but like, I don't mind that. QBs are options. going a little too fast for me to feel comfortable, and I hate getting scooped at every good QB. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Russ would be a dog to make it back. Yeah. Yeah. But no, what I was going to say, Pat, is it is this, you know, there are casuals who, and I've even seen the tweets. I think like Silva's quote retweeted them. were like, why don't you have Zeke as a first round pick? Like there's a lot of people that are going to crawl out of their hole and be like, wait, Zeke's the starting Cowboy or running back for the Cowboys. Why isn't he a first round pick? Underdog drafters have pushed him down very far. And that's why I just think there's a really interesting push pull there with how Zeke is, is valued. I would put a decent amount of money that Zeke's ADP increases because I think there's a couple forces in his favor. One is that, yeah, more casuals coming in for name brand value. Also, you know, like Hayden and Josh are talking about, and they, they don't seem at all tilted by this, by the way, that that uh the running back, the running backs are like cheaper than you would expect on a half PPR format. But I think generally it's like, you know, the people that are drafting really heavy right now prefer to have a wide receiver in the flex or kind of playing for that spike week upside from the wide receivers. But I think that's going to change as more casuals come in that tend to kind of play more toward the way uh, half-point PPR is normally uh, done, right? You, so we should see the running backs in general, I think, their ADPs moving up. So it won't just be Zeke. Um, and then, like, the other thing is, like, Zeke specifically, we saw last year his ADP was kind of at the at the late first in kind of the early part of draft season. It moves up into the top five of, uh, you know, like, August drafts. So, I mean, he was in discussion as, like, 
with the 102, right? So I kind of feel, and I and the other thing is like we're also getting, we're seeing Saquon's ADP move up. We're seeing kind of like start to have like a little bit of collective amnesia about some of the specifics of last season as the summer progresses. And we kind of come back to some of the name brand stuff. And so, I mean, some of it's good. I think some of it's like we start to forget the scenarios that were very much 2021 related and start to think a little bit more about how things will play out going forward. Um, and I think some of that's good, but I also think some of it gets a little bit overly tied to the guys with name brand value. I think Saquon's moving up because of like the slot receiving reports and stuff like that. And like the, the start of, you know, belief that people think that this is going to be a good version of the bills offense now, because there's enough guys there from that organization now who are in every possible spot of the giants org. So like, I think that's why, like, I don't think it's a name brand thing. The Zeke part to me is just, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's so many ways it could run bad for him just that I don't have that faith. But I think for our build, it made sense because we didn't take C.D. Lamb early. So we're basically saying, hey, C.D. Lamb is going to have something wrong with him. He's not going to be as good as people think. Once one, one way that happens is more touchdowns for Zeke. So he made sense for us. I don't think he makes sense for the general drafting populace. Yeah, and we do. Yeah, I'm not drafting him much. <laughs> yeah, We're going to find ourselves in a weird spot here. This is a classic ship-chasing draft where all the running backs look like the best pick, and yet we probably don't want to be taking a running back here. Um Burks. What are you guys seeing? Burks? Yep. Yeah, Burks is fine. Uh, it's a little earlier than we'd normally want to do it, but fuck it. it uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're still getting him only a couple picks uh, past ADP here, which isn't too insane. And, of course, people do forget that the Cowboys do, in fact, play the Tennessee Titans in Week 17. Yeah, you get that correlation. It undervalued because it's Thursday night football, Pete. People don't want the Thursday night game. They want their late night hammer. They want Cincinnati-Buffalo on Monday. But you could easily win all the million dollars on Thursday, yeah. Pete. That's that's the the meme. I, I She thinks he's thinking about other girls, but he's actually thinking about how he wishes he had the Week 17 correlation hammer and not the Thursday night football one. <laughs> Dude, that'll be so amazing if that is the game because Crack Rock's victory lap on needing the Monday Night Hammer when it delivers the, the PBM3 winner. Wait, what is Crack so Rock's good. thing? Crack Rock's thing is you always play the guy from Monday night. Like if you need to break ties, you always play the Monday night guy because you have the hammer. But yeah. like needing, but then translating that to needing to draft, needing to stack up the very last game of a tournament so that you have the hammer. Would be so good. <laughs> That's a new level. Yeah. What? Who? Who is the Monday night game that week? Cincinnati Buffalo. It's oh, it is Cincinnati yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, so it's like the, there'll be a storm, like a snowstorm hitting. Yeah. Monday. People will be like, oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be a thirty-point <laughs> game where Singletary carries thirty times. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. The like the Mac Jones, you know, the the Patriots Bills game where they don't let Mac Jones throw a single time for through four quarters. What are we looking at here? Um, I know what I'm looking at. And it ain't pretty. Um, I I'm still wide receiver here. Um, I would say Kadarius Tony for me. I like what do you guys I'd think? be I'd be okay with Michael Thomas at this price, mid eighth. You can't I jump. Mean, I on see four percent, Pete. I see you've done it. You can't lie to me. I can see your percentages. Yeah, we've all made mistakes. <laughs> you did, you've done it at a at a worse price, and we need the wide receivers. So that would be my Spags. My you get to break the tie. Um, 
I want to suck up to Pat, so I'll say Thomas. Fuck that. No. <laughs> I'm wow. just for that Whoa. answer. No. no. Oh, my God. Sorry, uh, I want he... Pat. I want you to know how much I appreciate you. because you know, I'm, I'm not letting Pat get his Michael Thomas exposure on my account. That's absurd. Oh, oh trust me. It's not just on your account. I've been drafting <laughs> Michael Thomas. You've been drafting? No, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Expand, because I, I get that he's cheap there, but it does feel like more of a falling knife situation to me. I think people think it's a falling knife situation, but I'm not. So he had surgery late in the, or what, like around June last year and it pissed the team off. And like this whole situation seemed like it was going to explode, but the monetary situation seems like it's resolved. They're like, yeah, he's working back. He's on, he's on track. I know like whatever rehab videos and stuff haven't been like the best, you know, haven't been exciting, but like, I don't think that he's not playing. I think that the concern is that he comes back and he's he's not who he was before. He's basically yeah. like it's like a Sammy Sammy Watkins career wind down or like the last few years of Kenny Britt or something like that. Like it could suck. But uh there is up I think there's still upside with Michael Thomas in an offense that should be more potent and like if Olave's good and Jarvis Landry helps, I mean, the fact that all of their starting wide receivers are backups now there's more upside to the offense leaning into the pass, like a little bit more, not a ton, but kind of like where the Colts were last year instead of like the Titans uh, or where the saints were last year. So I don't know. I, it's gross. I know it's gross, but it seems like there's a decent upside scenario for the price. I would say the one thing with Michael Thomas too is like, I, you know, I mentioned the one video of him like doing the box jumps on one leg and he looks like he's not good. Like at the same time, like we got Jack cough in the chat saying he can't even make hype vids look good. Like if you were just standing pat, I guess like and catching like from the jugs machine, just like one handed catch, but not moving at all. You'd be like, Michael Thomas looks like he's ready to go. But because we saw the worst part of his rehab, it's like, he can't play. Like I don't trust this guy at all. And I think that is a weird branding thing more than it is like the actual situation and, and him as a player for new Orleans. Uh, Henry Muto says, Team One wondering how Russell Cage is his wide receiver. Why don't you get on that? Oh man, he's done better than I thought. To have uh, Olave as his wide receiver three is not good, but it's uh, it's better than I thought he might be able to do. Yeah, um, also, Willis, I do want to uh, acknowledge because I forgot you did donate five dollars because you love Zeke and you were so happy when we drafted Zeke. So, thank you, Willis, for your donation. Going forward, it will cost more to get me to draft. Let the record show. <laughs> it's like one of those. It's one of those concerts that has like the tier levels. Like once like one tier sells out, then it jumps to like ten bucks. <laughs> That's right. I, I actually know the exact price that it would take me to draft Zeke. It's twenty five dollars, and actually, it's maybe a little bit more because the opportunity cost of me not having that bullet. Uh, maybe it's around thirty five. <laughs> When you adjust for week 16, it's like 25, 75. <laughs> that is a great way to get exposure to Zeke. You demand $35 from the chat <laughs> and then free roll your best ball entry plus 10. <laughs> um, you guys want to double stack Burrow here? Yes. Let's double stack Boy. Burrow. That, the highlighting in the Brick Hub is nice, though. That, is, that does make it pop up in a way that you're... You, if you miss that and you still don't stack up, like you're making some grievous mistakes, I feel like. I know. There's a chance I wouldn't have noticed it if it weren't for the uh, <laughs> the highlight. Yeah, so with the, the Brick tool, basically, if you have a quarterback on your team that you've drafted, it will highlight here. I scrolled down to Hayden Hurst. It will highlight anyone else from that team. So, you know, Brick's thought with this, too, is 
he, you know, he, he was coming from a, a poker background too, where there were these poker HUDs, you'd have information on the players you're, you're going against. And the idea here is like, you'd be able to easier, more easily multi-table because you could have two to three mm. drafts up and just have kind of the key information just popped up there, which kind of goes back to our thing of getting in 150 drafts. Like if you are on a time crunch, you might need to be multi-tabling a few of these. I do think it would uh, come in handy then. That would definitely help. I've also the Davis uh, tip of starring everyone. It's harder when you're streaming because this would potentially it's a bad auto picks. But when I'm drafting on my own, I star uh, and Davis Maddock gave me this tip. You star everyone on the team of the player you selected, and then you star everyone on week 17 of the opposite team. And then, you know, then you just see the stars coming up and it's kind of like highlighting everyone. And I won't do it every Like if I have uh, Debo, I don't usually highlight Derek Carr, uh, you know, because presumably I don't have Adams. Um, and then if I if I get Waller, then I will star Derek Carr at that point. All right, this feels like a pretty nice range for a running back. What do you guys think? James Cook, get the correlation. Yep, I support that. There we go. James Cook, it is. Bags, how have you been thinking through Singletary versus James Cook, ADP twins, teammate twins, same position twins? It's a, it's an interesting one. Because of the periods, like I was really spamming a lot of drafts. Like I was getting them, like Singletary is behind Cook for that brief period, so I was getting him at the lower ADP. Then once Cook guns available more, like I, I, I've talked about this a lot. Like I just believe that in general, the best approach is going to be taking the lower ADP back. And I know Leone has some of the research about ambiguous backfields and all of that, but like Cook Singletary is not really ambiguous, but it is still a spot where if we're drafting for you know weeks 14 through week 17, like I think, you know, it could be Singletary still running hot. They were giving him a lot of touches. He fought off Zach Moss being a high draft pick and, and not being the most worthwhile but Cook, you know, coming in, like, could be good, too. So, like, if you had, you know, 50% of each, rather, you know, obviously not relative to all your lineups, but I think getting half of each to me just feels like the right move because I don't have a lean. Yeah, I'm so I just from listening to Sean talk about it, he has me leaning Singletary, but I personally don't have any conviction in, in either direction, but I, I can tell Sean definitely uh, prefers Singletary here. I don't think I have enough cook, and I sometimes have thought if I'm stacking with Allen, don't I want cook? I mean, I know kind of the the offense rolls, everybody rolls argument to get Singletary in there, but like for week 17 or or any of the weeks or any of the playoff weeks, I mean, the, the literal correlation of cook catching a pass from Allen, that's a lot more likely than Singletary, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Singletary wasn't really getting the pass game work, even when he did fight off Moss and, and had Breida kind of breathing breathing down his neck last year too. So, I would think Singletary is kind of the pure handoff back, and and Cook's probably like Cook could get third down work even if Singletary's good. Right, that's what I was. Thinking. Yeah, it it is such a it's a really fun puzzle to think through because we've seen them you know, basically try to bolster their backfield beyond Singletary, and then they've kind of been forced back to him because they haven't been happy with Zach Moss and the other stuff. Then they draft James Cook, which again seems like an indictment of Singletary. And yet on the other hand, Singletary was really, really good down the stretch. He also can catch passes. He's pretty agile. I, it's it's hard because on one hand, I'm like, oh, he could be this year's Leonard Fournette, the guy that crushed in the playoffs. Right. That's undervalued again. On the other hand, it's like James Cook might just be better than him too. That that's It's tough. And they did want McKissick too, which I think is important to keep in mind. Like they wanted that pass catching back. He just mm -hmm. didn't sign with them after he said he was going to. So like, maybe that's why they, you know, are more comfortable with cook is that 
he can give you some fractional amount of McKissick with the upside of potentially supplanting Singletary. I don't know how likely that is this year, but like probably for 2023, like that seems like that'd probably be the plan. Yeah, and it's easy to understand why that was their plan because Devin Singletary had the lowest yards per hour in the entire league. So, you know, they then they go, okay, we, we need someone who can actually do this. Uh, and then they made two clear attempts to to get that in. Uh, I don't know. It does. It does. Uh, it's a real red flag for Singletary's receiving usage, both his own performance and then their subsequent actions. All right. So we're going to be on the clock here at pick 11, nine, our team so far, Joe Burrow, Zeke and James Cook, wide receivers, Higgins, Waddle, Judy, Traylon Burks, Kadarius, Tony, Tyler Boyd, Travis Kelsey at tight end. This feels like another running back spot to me. What do you guys think? Feels like Rojo. I'm down with Rojo. I, I will also float Aaron Rodgers going crazy past ADP. We can be done there. I know we sort of set ourselves up for Daniel Jones, but um, you can backdoor stack Rodgers if you want. It's an, it's an interesting thought. What do you think, Spags? And don't say you want to suck up to Pat because then I'll do the opposite. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm sucking up to Pat, but also we have the Denver KC game, so I feel like Rojo makes sense. But oh, that, does, that does make sense, guys. You know, you got to get that correlation with Rojo. I mean, you only have two. Just glad to be part of a clip. Feels good. (laughs) We only have a couple of them. We got to really soak it up. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. There's the cops coming. That's so good, huh? That's the, 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 the Brooklyn cops coming to get your uh, Rojo exposure underneath <laughs> under control. Well, it's too late for that. I don't know if you saw uh, uh-huh. my Rojo 69 420 meme, but uh, the bits Wait, become reality. What was it? What was the percentage? I know it was 69 drafts. What was the 420 part? I, $420. Okay. Well, what is the that 69 drafts? Part? Well, we don't need to get into that. No, tell me the fucking <laughs> That's a lot because I think my highest guy is like $350, $375 at like 26%. So we're probably looking at like 45%. No, no, no. Under that. It can't be well, much. Not, under that. not a lot under that. <laughs> what is it, 39%? It's 40%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think he has a 40% chance of success? Like if we're using like the metrics you're supposed to for No, I've got it. I've got to cool off. I mean, a lot of it was before McKinnon came. So I'll uh, I'll cool off as we go. Although to be honest, it, it so far so far no good on cooling it off. Um, but I'll eventually cool it off. I'll I'll find a way. Rashad White's been currently my way as I'm breaking ties to Rashad White right now. All right, I'm not. I can't break ties to Rashad White. Twenty-one percent. You want uh, Madison Hines? Come on, don't don't let your exposures. Let's get Rashad White. I just touted him. Yeah. Why or not Parker. Alexander Madison? Rashad White's better. Well, it's just I hate when you put me in spots to try to go against guys I love. Sure, we'll grab Rashad White. Pat sees twenty-one percent, and he's like, "Man, you got to run away for nineteen percent." <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like. Obviously, uh, the Rojo one, you know, there's that there's that bias bumper of 10%. But, like, in general, I guess – so you do set yourself up for an uncomfortable situation if the ADP falls further. But especially where, like, if – okay, let's say all running backs are probably going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, but just, like, really any of these guys. Like, we're, things are going to change for all of these players. So if you think, like, they're good value now and then you're right – 
it's easy to cool off because the ADP is going to rise considerably. Now, if you're wrong, you have a tougher situation because now you're like, I'm getting, I can, I can continue to load up and get this guy at a good value, but you can still probably cool it off and, st- and then make sure you're getting really good prices, even at a reduced ADP. That's yeah. kind of how I'm thinking through it. Like I, these stands aren't going to reflect my ultimate stands. Like every, every stand now, both fade and, uh, and, and the guys that I'm really bullish on are going to come back to the pack. Uh, once yeah. I get my second barbell in, right? Yeah. No, and it, the barbell, I think, definitely makes portfolio stuff a lot easier because you are theoretically putting a, a distinct chunk of time in between, um, whereas it is a little harder to to do it with a slow drip because, and again, I love having my exposures up there, but it does it is a little bit of a mind fuck of being like, is this a spot where I press it, where I think Rashad White is undervalued? And that's why I think, the lens to view it through is like, do you think this guy will get more expensive or do you think he could get cheaper? If you think he could che- get cheaper, take the feet off the gas. If you think he could get more expensive, keep hammering that edge now. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's tough with, it's tough with some of the guys. Cause some of the guys I like, I do think will get less expensive. So Traylon Burks, I've cooled off on. Cause I think yeah. there could be more smoke around this. Like he's not in shape stuff in training camp. And I, I also think there could be stuff of like he's not he's not running with the starters. Like if he's not running with the starters, which I think is a fairly likely outcome that he's you know behind Westbrook Akine for like the first preseason game or whatever. Like that'll hurt his ADP even if even like we know like okay, if he's not a starter in two wide receiver sets for 3 weeks or whatever, like ultimately that's not the end of the world. We've seen guys, you know, start kind of in that role and then take over and and absolutely crush. So, but at the same point, like if there's going to be a discount coming with that looking fairly likely, like you don't want to spoil that discount for yourself. So I am trying to figure out guys who I think that'll fall, even if I really like them. You guys want to be done at tight end and take uh, Alberto with our KC stuff? Yeah, so. Like double KC, double Denver. What do you think, Spags? I mean, are we risking not getting Jones? Because we could get Jones and Alec Pierce potentially over the next two picks. That's true. Uh, I'm so looking at some of our other quarterback outs. We're running out of them. I guess Tannehill is the only other one. That's a good point. What do you think, Pat? Uh, Jones or Kui Boonham? Yeah, I'm okay either way. Uh, We can go Jones. Let's uh let's do Jones here. Tight ends just a little. I mean, Kelsey really gives us permission to kind of really yeah. kick the tight end two can down the road. Whereas it's nice to get a, a kind of an upside pairing there with Burrow. One thing I will say is like in that draft I did today, I got Daniel Jones in the one seventies. He has been a guy who has kind of a wide distribution of his uh of his ADP. Do you think uh, Zeke Hink is watching? Because I like I said, Alec Pierce, and Alec Pierce goes the next pick, and that always makes me feel like this guy, this guy's right, is scooping me right under my nose. I think so. This guy, Zeke Kink, it's uh, he has a spags kink. He hangs <laughs> on your every word. <laughs> He's on the NSFWHD bot, <laughs> spamming the chat, hoping somebody clicks. You've been on your best behavior. I haven't even been tempted to head over to the splash play uh, scene in Streamyard to bonk you. It's like a because ship chase is like a professional show. You guys are serious. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Imagine we've ever been professional. I'm getting a tequila (laughs) shot after that comment. 
But no, like, you know, there's credibility here. Like, I'm not going to come in and do... Like, you got to play to the room that you're in. It's not coming in and being a fucking wild card like Charlie. Spags, aren't you offended that he... Or, uh, Pat, aren't you offended he's calling us a professional show? Yeah, it is a bit offensive. Uh, Spags has stated earlier that he watches Ship Chasing, which I'm very much doubting now. Well, I think we all know that no Gretch here, obviously. The more professional duo remains. That Gretch character, a substack. Wow. Get... <laughs> Subtweeting Gretch while he's on vacation. All right. Let's see here. So, Oh, there goes Higby. Mesca. Couldn't leave us Higby. Um, let's see. Why is Sammy Watkins highlighting here? That is hmm. not I guess it right. thinks we should have taken uh taken Rogers. That's it's uh <laughs> what do you guys what do you guys see in here? Tight end is eh. um we could take Algier and be done at running back. Uh I have so much Algier. I will always support taking Algier. What about TDP? All right. I like I like uh Algier over TDP, but I take a lot of TDP as well. Yeah, I just, you know, this has been the draft where I just take your guys' feedback and then fucking ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just ignore it, but even up your own exposures. <laughs> you just go, yeah, yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, but I have a lot of him already. And then you just take some dude you have 9% of. <laughs> like, I, like I was staring at that Algier exposure. I was like, that's fucking too much. <laughs> yeah, but Pete, you can't, you can't then just take guys. I was like... I can do whatever you the fuck I want. What TDP? Hey Pat, why don't you start sharing your screen and drafting BDF three? No, you you know why? Because your internet can't even fucking support you in a wow. room talking. Now you're to lashing out. Now look at you lashing out just because we called you out on your bullshit. No, this is a professional stream. It's not lashing out. It's constructive criticism. Do you think Pat's internet latency issues are why he's always getting the ninth pick instead of the first? Like it's just taking I bet it is, dude. It I, I bet there's something to do with that. Pete's internet's so fucking quick. He gets a one-on-one. <laughs> My slowest internet's like loading. Fucking 111. I still don't know what happened last week. That was such a weird, bizarre thing. <laughs> You, well, you had to kick out the original Pete. That was what I like. I I, would, I don't know enough to say because like you know more than I do. But I felt like if you booted the original, like the additional Pete, there like, was nothing the to boot. Pete. I could. I I would love to have booted the original Pete. I fucking hate the original Pete. He sucks. I'm a new man. Get rid of the original one. I didn't uh, know I where also, he was. I I do want to plant a flag though for Tyler Algier. I he's my highest exposed back. I looked it up while Pat was talking about Rojo. I've got him twenty five percent, eight hundred dollars invested in him right now. And I think Tyler Algier is going to be a monster this year. <laughs> I bet. Oh, yeah. 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 Not financial advice, full disclosure. <laughs> no, it's right. at all. Who's, your, all your, money in who's your highest owned? Who, Pete, who's your, your highest owned uh, running back at probably fucking 23%? Coward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, exposure, 25. I think it's. Pat? Oh, oh, baby. Go. Pat goes, Pat goes, too small. I got double that. <laughs> yeah. Now double it up. Uh, so right, yeah, we, there you go. The clock again? Probably. <laughs> Specs, who's um, your highest owned receiver? Highest owned receiver, let's see. It is uh Rashad Bateman somehow. Ooh. Ooh. I like that one. That's a fun pick. Yeah. But I, my top five is Bateman, Debo, Burks, T. Higgins, Drake London. My top five is Julio. 
number Oof. one. Yeah, Sky Moore. Guy with injured hamstrings who's approaching 40. You got yeah, I know. You got to draft the shit out of him. All right. What do we got? Uh, should uh, we just not risk getting boxed out uh, or on the double stack and get Wandale? What about Hayden? He uh, shows us up at tight end, and we get a stack with our more important quarterback. My my only thought is that Wandale is a much hotter commodity than Hayden if okay. they're right next to each other. I mean, okay. Hayden is only 2% for you. It would be a nice uh, <laughs> chance for you to even that up. <laughs> Way to try. Even when you try to play into my, my <laughs> I, I think I just, if I had said it one second earlier, I think I would, <laughs> we would have gotten Hayden. When you put it that way. So Daniel Bellinger's free too at tight end, and like he's yeah. Good. yeah, Pat, I think he's that, probably uh, Brevin Jordan in terms of his outlook this year, but um, but he'll be playing all the time though. And Jordan was like yeah. kind of good for a guy not playing a lot of snaps. Yeah, no, I agree. Speaking of other Brevin Jordans, how's your uh, Greg Dolchich clip coming, Pat? Uh, it's still where it was last time we checked in. <laughs> still, uh. No, not very far. Hello. Wow. I love that you're just letting that Brevin Dor- Jordan uh, comp uh, slide by there, too. Well, you know, the, Brevin Jordan was actually pretty, uh pretty solid prospect who did okay as a rookie and uh, now looks like potentially starting tight end. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a mean comp for Dulcich, even if he outperforms it this year. Oh, no. Phil, I thought you were an OG. Have you not been around? You haven't heard Juan Dale? That's sad. Rondale is the original. It's Wandale now. All right. So the other top five receivers, Sky Moore, which actually surprised me because I thought I was like taking it easy on Sky Moore. I'm not. No. Uh, Rondale Moore, Rondale, uh, KJ Hamler, and Will Fuller. <laughs> Pat, I feel like that top five leaves me wanting more. <laughs> no, Spags. You know. He tried. It was like it was a fun experiment to bring Spags on for splash play. Thought this is, this he is not could rise rise to the occasion, but I was wrong. I just <laughs> I, that's on me, guys. I need to be better about the guests I book on here. Oh, who's night Hayden? God damn it! Who the fuck took Hayden? Zinc? You? That is so fucking gross. What are you doing, Zinc? See, you take me off. So, Zinc can't get out of line. Nobody. We're, we're, we gotta him. see. We gotta see the pool. Oh, Jesus. There's no tight ends left. Good thing we have Kelsey. Oh, let's take up Jack, Paris Jack Campbell, our our uh, yeah. Giants. Yeah, back. yeah, I like that. I like that. Zach um, Kinkel in the chat saying sorry for the snipe, by the way. So he was there lurking. God damn it, Zach. How could you? Um, so we got to get Greg D. Hang on, hang on. No, let me look at Zink's team and tell him he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Zero correlation. Zero. Oh, oh, because you took Jamison Crowder. Yeah. No, he panicked. He panicked no, no, because no. he didn't get a tight end too. No, 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 no. It's because there's no stronger correlation than the wide receiver five on a team with the tight end one on the other team. God Let's just sauce it. him now. Let's sauce it now. It's fucking zinc, dude. <laughs> These Classic guys, zinc. they take it. I don't know where they got this week seventeen bullshit from, but just chill out. <laughs> Fucking wide receiver eight and tight end. Not very strong correlation. God. Oh, I will. Sauce the fuck out of Zach. Actually, I'm putting Zinc in a timeout. Five minute stream yard timeout. Here you go. This is how tilted I am. Zach Kinkella was blocked for five minutes. 
You you sit in timeout. You try to type. Nothing will come up. Think about what you've done. More like Zach Stinkella. Right, <laughs> when we get Greg Dulcich, I'm going to have to send Zach some money. Uh, <laughs> what, you, you, you pay off or are you going to pay? <laughs> I paid him off. I said, hey, Zach. Look like you need a tight end, better take Hayden Hurst so we can get Greg Dulcich. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you know, I act like a petulant man-child and upset our guests in the chat, and then Pat kind of pays everybody off after the show. <laughs> yeah, like, just, okay. <laughs> like a rock star damaging a hotel room. Just hey, guess town. who else is going in timeout? Fucking Lunchable Connoisseur. <laughs> wow, stop putting people in timeout. Dude. No. I dare you, dare you to come. Who wants a timeout? Who wants a timeout? <laughs> I'll fucking well, time the shit out of anyone right now. <laughs> I think you were doing fine, Pete. Damn look, straight, Jason. Sounds... Make Jason, it a little more know. flattering. I, <laughs> I, I about that sarcastic, Pete. I think Jason was being sarcastic. All right, Birdo wants a timeout. You get it, bud. You get it. Just know that one of these times I'm going to misclick and I'm going to accidentally block you and then I'm going to have to go deep within the YouTube settings to unblock you. <laughs> this is true, Eric. I feel so out of my comfort zone having to pick in the back half of a draft room. <laughs> uh, we are right, what do we clock. need? We're on the clock. Well, we need a tight end. We can wait for Dulcich in the last round. Do we, we can uh, get my guy, uh, Richie. No, we got the double stack. Um, what wide know. receivers are available? Visca? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck it. Let's take Visca. <laughs> let's just have a good time tonight. Yeah, let's just have a good time. <laughs> say i was just reviewing the team while that clip this is definitely at least a six running back team and now it's a fucking five running back zero rb team so we fucking rolled the clip <laughs> we have a five running back zero rb team yeah. well it's it's a zeke uh it's a zeke hero <laughs> yeah, it's a zeke anchor. <laughs> just pretend we took zeke in round one as our anchor what the fuck are we doing three rookies <laughs> oh my god <laughs> This is bad. Hey, man, we got to draft like we're right. Rojo and Zeke for all the We money. might have to draft one more running back and forego tight end two, honestly. No, we got to take a tight end two. I honestly think a six running back might be more valuable. I mean, what tight ends are we taking? Greg Dulcich. Dulcich. Let's, I'm, down, I'm down with the six running back. Yeah, I think we can raw dog Kelsey here. Yeah, let's let's go let's go Kelsey. Do you want to get like a McKissick or something with a yeah, little bit McKissick of a McKissick is kind of what you're looking for, right? Yeah. I think oh, Mark, we're yeah, Mark Ingram. Let's go McKissick. All right. Yeah. There you go. Two six nine one Visca Visca luxury pick. That should have been a tight end. I will say <laughs> tight ends, 
Titans really flew off the shelf in this one. I mean, Dulcich would have been a better luxury pick than than Visca for uh, for a tight end too. Dude, every the chat's just slurping up this Cade Otten shit. If there's, I wish I could short this Cade Otten stuff. As I mean, everyone everyone wants to tell me you can't draft Rashad White because Tom Brady doesn't like rookies. He doesn't trust rookies. You're gonna tell me a rookie tight end is gonna come in and smash with Tom Brady? Get out of here. Gronk's playing Week One. Are they eating breakfast together? That'd be the question. Are they eating some <laughs> TB12 protein shakes for breakfast? Yeah. We read one blurb about Kate Otten. And now he's fucking steamed up the into the 18th round. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm not into the Otten stuff either. Uh, You're more of a Dulcich guy. <laughs> I'm more of a Dulcich guy. Yeah. Russ loves rookies. Uh, the thing with, with Brady and the rookie stuff, like he throws to the running backs on all downs. That's why one of my uh, big rants like two years ago was uh, I think Paulson had Rojo for like seven targets and I went on a massive rant about it because I was like he he still catches screens on early downs even though he sucks uh at playing on third downs but like that's the thing like if if Rojo's getting early down targets Rashad White will you know so uh you don't need Rashad White to win the third down role to get targets from Brady yeah um guys I'm so worried we're going to get zero points at tight end week eight. I mean, this is as bad as having two tight ends with the same bye week. This is worse. This is worse, Pete. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, Joshua, I did see. So Joshua was a late comer to the underdog cardio club. and is apparently going for seven cardio drafts in two days. So apparently he did this draft uh, while on the elliptical or whatever machine you were on. Uh, let's see how Josh ended up. Okay, this is a fun build. A 2 4 10 2. Oh, where did we go here? Let's see, Josh. Josh Frick, 2 4 10 2. Ooh, hate your quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins and Davis Mills. <laughs> Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, Melvin Gordon, Tyler Algier. I don't know where all this content you're consuming that tells you you don't have to draft running backs, but you probably should draft more. Um, well, you actually should draft more. You don't have to draft them earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, Godwin, Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas, Corey Davis, Robbie Anderson, Sammy Watkins, John Mechie, Julio Jones. I guess if you're going to draft like five guys that aren't going to be playing for half the season, then you should probably get 10. And then uh, Darren Waller and Irv Smith. I don't mind your tight end. Uh, I just wanted to let the chat know if uh, you guys are – on thin ice I actually need to go back and put someone in a timeout <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves <laughs> no it was someone who uh oh it was neil here chat is slurping this up sees one comment about him yeah that's a timeout <laughs> <laughs> why because he he's saying i was creating a straw man for content which i was but you don't need to call it out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Are we just, are we going to do a proper saucing? All right, let's do a proper sauce. Sure. You think you want ship chasing to review your team? How much sauce would you like on your team? Oh, I love this. You ask for the sauce. He wants it extra saucy. You think you want it spicy. He he wants 13. Oh boy. But then you realize you can't handle the heat. Here. Fuck this guy. Do we have to review his team? Hey. Why did you take Moel and Cox? 
What are you doing? So fucking cute with a zero RB. Evan, you will speak when you are spoken to. Fuck off for this awful team. Ship chasing team reviews are getting spicy this summer. Come get the sauce. Two. He wanted her two. B- Bullock said made a big to do earlier that he was leaving to go hang out with his girlfriend. What is you guys hang out for fucking twenty four minutes and then come back and watch the stream? <laughs> you see, they pulling out her ID and putting a wig on and saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm Bullock's girlfriend. I'm beautiful. I brush my hair." <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah, telling on himself a little bit there. Bull- Bullock once slid into my DMs to send me a real picture of him and his girlfriend because I I continued to question whether he actually had a girlfriend. <laughs> I think he paid a girl in the park under the gazebo for that photo. Yeah. Uh, uh, who who wanted the sauce? Someone, someone. Else. Oh, five, five. I think. Yeah. All right. Let's see. One, two. We should three, see four. if Bullock can uh, do the thumbnails when. You're out of town, Pete, since he's so good at Photoshop. Yeah. No, I I mean, Pat, you. I don't think I'm going to be here next Wednesday. Um, oh, boy. All right. It's a tradition. Pat, this would be a great time for you to debut another thumbnail and the Dolchitz. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to debut. No, buddy, I wouldn't do that while you're gone. I, I want you to be able to see the Dolchitz clip. Uh, Newman, uh, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff. What the fuck does Jared Goff do for this team? um deandre swift Brees hall tony pollard brian robinson dearness johnson can't say i'm mad about it uh <laughs> justin jefferson marquise brown gabriel davis drake london garrett wilson jameson williams rookie fever much uh dj chark and jawan jennings someone reads the athletic tight end zach Ertz and robert tunyon any thoughts here fellas it's not bad it's not good like this team kind of like this team <laughs> but, i love his username what's level was who are we supposed to go with here? Because we're failing. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, Trey Lance with just Juwan Jennings. I mean, I mean, Trey Lance, uh, ten picks ahead of ADP with a Juwan Jennings backdoor stack. Like, what are you, you backdoor stacking with Juwan Jennings? Like, I haven't done that like a shitload of times. Come on, what are you doing? I mean, like, I just like, why are we reaching fifteen picks ahead of ADP for a QB three? I mean, let's just relax here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I would stop it too there for sure. It's a you already got you got Garrett three. Wilson. I will just say, I mean, this is, you're just a, a little reachy, just a little reachy, reach five here, reach six here, reach three here, reach three here, just a little reachy. You reach Newman and I'll teach. All right. Just keep reaching and I'll teach, bud. Now, but Pete, I mean, this is a, this is the avalanche here. So he's reaching to stay ahead of the avalanche. Maybe. And yet um, you can see here he reached. Take Brian Robinson. Oh boy! Yeah, I mean, if you're you can't be... you can't have running back reaches in this room. That's no, uh, that's no. uh, that's real bad. And it's also just like when the Dearness Johnson pick. It's like Newman, just have some fucking thoughts of your own. Like I know we said we thought Dearness Johnson's a great pick because he might get traded, but like have a fucking unique thought. You know, just yeah. just draft, Maybe just be yourself. held accountable for once. You know, just try like you know, just having a thought and see how that goes for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alan wants some sauce vaporware at the 07 here five six seven Ooh, another three qb build uh i guess mm-hmm. what the what is the saying goes if you if matt ryan is one of your two qbs you only have one yeah uh six oh. running backs being oh mean to matt God. ryan over baby hands picket that's a real turn 
at least at least Kenny Pickett is a fucking mystery box. It's a small ass mystery <laughs> box, but it's a nice mystery box. I, I think I hate every one of these running backs. I mean, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce, Alexander Madison, James Robinson, Chris Evans. I mean, this is like a vomit personified within a within <laughs> six running backs. Value hounding though. Look at the value. I mean, sure. I, I guess drafted, like, I literally have not drafted David Montgomery. I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure. The dollar menu at McDonald's nope, is a value too. Doesn't mean it's shit, Spags. <laughs> um, seven wide receivers: Diggs, Pittman, Allen Robinson, Cooks, Claypool, Galladay, and Duvernay. Here, tight ends: uh, Mark Andrews and Pat Fryermuth. Week seventeen tight end correlation. Mm, that is the one redeemable thing about this. Yeah, that is that is nice there. You got the, <laughs> you had a Duvernay on for a little extra juice. You got the picket, picket stack. Uh, uh, Zach, welcome back to timeout. You are on a short leash. Be careful, <laughs> Be careful Zach. <laughs> Paul says Leone's part in the sauce clip is hilarious. Paul say my part in the sauce clip is hilarious, or you will be put in a timeout. <laughs> the whole chat's buzzing about how the part your part in the sauce clip is hilarious. <laughs> what, what kind of tequila is that and how much have you had <laughs> barely you know what so lauren lauren left early this weekend to go down to her parents house for for the long weekend and so that was like the second she left i was like well i guess i'm fucking drinking tonight what else am i gonna do be a normal person um <laughs> let's see who who want who else wanted the sauce i mean it, I honestly think our team is probably really good just seeing how shitty all these other ones are. <laughs> Let's uh, go to go to team one. I just want to see it. Oh, my God. Zinc did take J.J. Taylor. Wow. You love should to we, see Should it. we play the clip as punishment? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I need a break. <laughs> yard line tate will take the snap hand off taylor and he's into the end zone touchdown arizona taylor to the end zone for the touchdown what you want tate will hand off taylor dives over the top touchdown arizona Alcas will run the play. Hand off J.J. Taylor, right side. Spins oh. away at the 15. Her side up to the 10, the 20, 25 out to the 30. Gets a block to the 40, to midfield, turns the corner. Sun Devil 40, foot race down to the 35, to the 30, and out of bounds. Near the 25-yard line, first and 10, Arizona. Pistol set, he will hand off J.J. Taylor. Squirts through up the 50. First down, breaks a tackle and dives. Goes the screen pass, Very and tough. it's caught. 35 down to the 30, 25. Over <laughs> a man at the 20, and a first down. J.J. Taylor. Taylor to the 10, Taylor to the 5, he leaps into the end zone, head over heels, touchdown Arizona. Oh my goodness. So I have a question. So Casey points it out too, but like it's weird that there's the old chat comments on that clip. So is that a clip of a clip from the show? Yes. And, and I mean, that's not an accident. That's uh, I forget who requested it. I thought it was a brilliant idea. It was when we played it a few weeks ago in the chat uh, was on fire roasting the JJ yeah, Taylor yeah, yeah. clip. 
And so I updated that clip with the comment version. So please don't uh, ever question my production skills. No, because I saw it at one point and was like, wait, is this going on live? And it just occurred to me that it's like, <laughs> no, these comments aren't occurring live. It is, in fact, repeat comments. And so theoretically, if I wasn't zoning out and enjoying really that two-minute break from performing, I could theoretically put <laughs> other comments on the board and then each week update it until it's just a fucking, you know, hall of mirrors of J.J. That Taylor would be pretty comments. great. It's like yeah. one of those crispy memes where it's like been reposted a bunch of times so it looks all weird and frayed. <laughs> could you put the comments, like, I guess the old comments, could you move them to a different part so then when you bring hey. up new comments, they don't cover? Hang on real quick. I'm going to give uh, Bullock five more minutes with his girlfriend. Bye-bye. <laughs> <God damn> bye. <laughs> what did he even say? He said, um, <sighs> oh, he was saying that don't question my production skills. How about last week? Something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> Spags is is coming on ship chasing everything you thought it would be. I mean, it's a very professional show, as we've seen. Bullying both your co-hosts, also uh, bullying the chat. I mean, really tremendous effort. But no, I'm glad to be on here. I, I enjoy the show so much, and I think I think you guys really don't like. I've said it's Pete before. I think you guys are like trailblazers in this in this space that's now growing so much. So I'm I'm glad to be on here without 17 other screens also talking at the same time. Keep yeah, going. I heard you uh, mentioning ass, that. Yeah. Was it Best Ball Bros you're on that you were mentioning that you're on you're only on ship chasing? Uh, and I was like, oh, that's that's true. We we should get Spags on where we can actually talk to him instead of yelling over uh, drunk drunk Daigle or, or Leone or whatever. <laughs> Daigle fucking dying on. <laughs> so now Daigle actually a professional mannequin. Daigle Daigle becoming a missing person during the stream. <laughs> Bye, Josh. <laughs> for that that chess comment um spags i am going to say your hallmark like you said of coming on this show is you deliver us um just an absolute smash pick normally those are during the dfs season you kind of have a, a one game single game call single slate call you know I, I think we got some of your takes throughout the show but Clearly, I know you've been thinking about this all day. You've probably been feeding Luca a bottle, trying to come up with a take that can really, you know, withstand the test of time this year. So I give you the floor. What is the Spags take? Because it's been a very predictive metric previously. All right. So I'm, now I'm on the spot. So we're completely, I'm going to be completely wrong. But the AFC South will be won by the Atlanta Falcons. And Drake London, Tyler Algier, Kyler, uh, Kyle Pitts, not Kyler Pitts, all of them top 10 at their position. Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, believe in the billionaire boy. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, I, well, so in my head, I, I, I'm not kidding. I was hovering over the outro button. I was like, Spags will give us this mic drop hot take. And it just didn't land for me. So we just got to keep doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> i mean do you really believe this bag or is this just how your exposures shook out and now you're retrofitting a, a take around it it's how my exposure shook out but i think it's also that's why i have so much of these guys i think they're the they're not gonna be this year's Bengals. like they're not gonna make it to the super bowl but i think the south has a lot of issues i think tom brady's gonna get hammered in that pocket time and time again like what i saw at the end of last year was a man who did not want to be getting hit anymore i don't think anything they did is going to make him get hit less so you add that in the panthers stink the saints alvin kamara is going to be in jail like they have a new coaching staff that's probably not as smart um so the falcons to me i think are like one of those sneaky teams that goes you know 10 and 7 and then makes the playoffs and is good enough to be like really worthwhile in fantasy All right. so i thought i had a hot take today 
which I haven't actually said this hot take out loud, but the hot take struck me. You want to try to bring us out here with a nice hot take? <laughs> All right. Yeah, here, here's a hot take. <laughs> God damn it. The Falcons do not win the NFC South because the Saints win the NFC South with a defense that makes us all sad and a run-heavy team, but enough weapons to still squeak out games, and Tom Brady hates getting hit, like Spag said. So the Saints pull out a win in the NFC South. All right, I hate these. I'll do it. Hmm. Eno wait, Benjamin. wait, before you do the before you do the outro, I do, I do want to mention, I'm now drinking a White Claw because, because oh, of your that's tequila. Oh, that's disgusting. Which oh, is so like, you know how lot. you... Does anyone have, uh, you know, like you kind of get to the point where you're like, you know, it's time to do laundry because it's like if I'm wearing this shirt, it's laundry day. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it, I need to go get beer. <laughs> so I've got, and I'm drinking this white claw because that's all I had left. <laughs> all right. First of all, uh, follow Spags on Twitter if you want to be Luca's godfather. That is a requirement. The link down below to subscribe to the Splash Play channel to get Spags's solo streams on Friday. Subscribe there. You can watch Spags and I on Splash Play tomorrow at 2.30, drafting a team. We appreciate Spags for coming on. Pat, fucking get your internet together. Next week I won't be here, but I believe Davis Maddock will be joining uh, Pat and Gretch for some tomfoolery. And here's a fucking hot take. Eno Benjamin is this year's Rashad Penny. Peace. Peace.